This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. Um, one of the reasons I am proud of this show and the production staff and the folks in Memphis and guys in Denver both in Lindell TV and uh, Real America's Voice and the entire production crew, small as it is, as driven as it is, is we're always either well ahead of stories or able to frame a story in a way that actually makes perfect sense and it becomes revealed over time. We've got two amazing examples of that. Brian Costello, who we've had on many times, is going to join us here in a moment, and, and that is about this Wall Street Journal, and quite frankly, a breathtaking article that I can tell you, just from the phone calls I've gotten, has rocked uh, the nation's capital to its core about revelations, and there's a lot of stuff that's not in there about Sequoia Capital. And we're going to get to Brian Costello, who kind of broke all this a month or so ago on, on this uh, very show. Uh, the Saturday. Um, episode of war room in the morning as things were going on on saturday morning uh, saturday afternoon in europe we had uh Pasobic in harnwell on and i think we gave it, it to the degree in the fog of war over there and nobody knows nothing right as samuel goldwin used to say uh and as confusing the situation is and the party's changing sides constantly uh i think our coverage that day to kind of set up in a framework was was quite frankly if i take a short bow amazing because of harnwell Pasobic and uh the other guests we had on uh todd wood and others l todd wood ben i got a, a particular hat tip to you and i, I want to bring you in and and i want you to and thank you for staying up in uh in uh rome past your well past your bedtime as people know brother harnwell is tucks in early not a big name in the in the nightlife of La Dolce Vita. Uh, walk <laughs> us through how you set it up on how you set up on Saturday, and where do we stand in this story? Because it continues to evolve uh, constantly. Well, Steve, thank you very much, and uh, good evening to you. So, the um, to to take the, the Warren Posse back a little bit in time, back to those uh, momentous and accelerating events on the Saturday when the world's media was pushing out the story and the narrative that there was this force of 25,000 mercenaries being led by um, Yevgeny uh, Prigozhin to, um, from, from Rostov up to, um, it's just about 1.1 thousand kilometers directly north um, to, to Moscow. The world's media was saying this is a coup, um, that you know, could lead to civil war, and, um, and uh, President Zelensky was cracking out the, um, the champagne. And, you know, we took the three of us, me, you and Posse, we, we had a very sober view on this from different angles, slightly on, on our analysis, but none of us believed remotely uh, what, the, what, what the world's mainstream media was pushing. Um, to the extent that at the very end of the show, the New York Post had published just while we were still on air reports that um, that uh, Putin 
had apparently fled Moscow um, and the transponder in his plane had been tracked as he, as he was going off to that, 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 that palace that he's got by the sea. Um, and I basically said, you know, whatever, you know, first of all, I, I'd said that, you know, there's absolutely no civil war going on. Um, there's there's, no, there's going to be no Moscow under siege. Um, there, there, it was doubted that, that, that Pogozhin's 15-kilometre-long tank um, convoy uh, was travelling north because there was very little record of anything of that size travelling. Um, and uh, particularly, and, and, you know, this is all on Getter, I said, it, and, and I, you know, excuse my French, but I said it's absolutely bullshit, the idea that Putin, who's KGB trained, will have fled uh, Moscow because there's an angry cook on the warpath some 250 miles outside um, outside Moscow. And lo and behold, Steve, lo and behold, the war rooms analysis was, very pleased to say, spot on. Um, what happened was a, a late last minute deal, if you believe the narrative, which, of course, um, we don't, uh, the then President Lukashenko of Belarus uh, had broken at a last minute cease uh, of, of hostilities between Prigozhin and Putin and welcomed Prigozhin along with his uh, 25,000 mercenaries, giving themselves safe refuge in um, Belarus. And so that, therefore, from, from yesterday morning, Steve, onwards, um, we, we were talking about, oh, you know, what's the, the actual import of this? And I had somewhat tentatively, and I say tentatively because basically I'm the only analysis, an, a, analyst I'm aware of pushing this particular um, suggestion. But I suggested, you know, it's a masterstroke because under the guise of coming in to Moscow, they, Prigozhin was able to, to to successfully retreat his forces without a shot being fired by uh, by angry Ukrainians. Obviously, they didn't want to rock the boat, having believed the narrative that he was heading towards Moscow. You know, my enemies, enemies, my friends, sort of thing. So they so they basically waved them out of the country. Not a shot being fired, and they went up um, the, the the road from Rostov to, to Moscow, and then. Some 250, 300 miles outside, um, kilometers, excuse me, outside Moscow, they then veered um, westwards um, into, into Belarus. Now, interestingly, Belarus is 48 miles at its southernmost tip from the outskirts of Kiev, 48 miles. Now, that figure should be interesting because what is it, Steve? It is exactly one tenth of the distance that um that Prigozhin travelled in one day in 24 hours on his march forward to um to um to Moscow which is 480 miles exactly it's one tip and it's funny enough Steve it's round about the same distance that the majority of Ukraine's fighting troops would be if they're still located around Bakhmut about 430 miles um so there they are these troops in Belarus basically a tenth of the distance uh, from the rest of the, the majority of the Ukrainian forces, leaving the soft underbelly, to use Winston Churchill's memorable phrase, the soft underbelly of Kiev, relatively undefended uh, and exposed. Because up until this point, and seemingly reading the, 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 the world's press today, Steve, nobody is countenancing the idea of attack, an attack 
um, from the north, from Belarus. So I've got a couple of stories here. And if Denver um, would be so kind as to let's go with the one here in the Washington Post. And we'll just have a, a gentle canter through the news's the news developments today. And I hope I will successfully make the point that um, there has not been a single revelation in the last 48 hours that contradicts this thesis. And in fact, in some way, the, the, the news, what scant news there is, what scarce, scarce news there is, pretty much um, can be interpreted along with this thesis. So here is the, um, the Washington Post article, the headline. After mutiny, Putin says Wagner can go to Belarus, go home or fight for Russia. Um, and so therefore, obviously, having just outlined what the, the, the thesis is here, they can go to Belarus. So here's a clear signal. Obviously, the narrative is, is that Putin is sort of crucially and critically wounded in Moscow. No one is particularly alert to the possibility that in the full broad light of day, he's saying to um, to, to the, the Wagner mercenaries that they are free to go to, to, um, to Belarus. And interestingly, Steve, elsewhere, um, for example, in The Economist today, there was uh, reports that, and of course, they can't make head or tail of this, but the war room possibly will certainly know how to interpret this, that all of the recruiting stations of, um, of the, the Wagner mercenaries are open for business as, as per usual in Russia, which ordinarily, if you're accepting the mainstream media's narrative, it would be somewhat quixotic. But if you, if you understand what's going on, it makes perfect sense. Um, and I'm just going to go for the opening line here of this Washington Post article. Russian President Vladimir Putin addressed his nation on Monday, yesterday, for the first time since the weekend mutiny by Wagner mercenaries, saying he would keep his promise and allow the group's fighters to move to neighbouring Belarus. Now, here is the world's media, the mainstream media, recasting the man that they've said is a bloodthirsty tyrant who poisons his enemies with, with, with radiation, they're recasting him into the image of a Victorian gentleman who, well, you know, fair play, old chap, you won, shake on it, let's let's push it down and forget it ever happened, which is remarkable, given that the intervening time period here is 48 hours, and the Washington Post even found space to say that his tone, Putin's tone, was both stern and conciliatory. Well, you know, I'm glad that the, that the decent Russians were able to sort of sort that out with a like like gentlemen um moving on to belarus this is from the kiev post lukashenko orders full combat readiness of the belarusian army now what he's saying is that he's um he's ordered the the country's army to uh, assume full combat readiness because this is his official explanation. He's worried that there, that with the Wagner mercenaries in Belarus, there might be a similar putsch on Minsk as, as there was in Russia. So he just wants the country to be ready. Well, you know, everyone's free to, to, to see the facts and draw their own conclusions. I would suggest that Belarus moving on to a full combat mode is an, uh, is an indication that something else is going to happen. And I might just sort of briefly add, Steve, if two two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago, Putin moved a number of nuclear missiles to Belarus. I would suggest that now, with hindsight, we can see what the uh, what the strategy of that was was now because there are Russian missiles on Belarus. If there is 
an attack from from Belarusian territory south into Kiev. Obviously, NATO will start its saber rattling against Belarus. That's a lot less likely now if if uh, if effectively to all intents and purposes Belarus is 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 nuclear um, armed. Um, and I just want to, as, as a final point, to, to indicate how how um, how the mainstream media twists things on um, on a dime. Here's here's, an, here's what they said right on the 26th of June, which was yesterday. This is less than 48 hours after they were pushing the narrative that. Moscow was there quaking in its collective boots, ready to fall at the at the, the sight of 25,000 mercenaries that we were being constantly assured of the most ferocious, most combat uh, experience of the Russian uh, troops fighting in Ukraine and therefore a mortal threat to the man that they themselves have been saying is, is a mortal enemy to the West. Here's what they said, right? Here's what they said less than 40 hours to gain the Washington Post. Though Prigozhin has claimed to have 25,000 fighters under his command. The figure is widely believed to be an exaggeration. British intelligence has reportedly put the true number closer to 8,000. Um, so there we go, less than 48 hours, and they flick the narrative from, from this being a, a, a force capable of collapsing Russia to just like, just, you know, a, a little bit of a rabble, perhaps you know, nothing, nothing to, to scare the horses. And they flick, then they they switch the narrative, Steve, as if they're flicking a light switch. Um, and very sadly, I'd say sort of seventy to eighty percent of the global audience will will just you know flip top, open the head, put the new thought in, close the head, and, and carry on as if nothing. You're happened. you're you're, you're not arguing, given 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 the fact that Putin and Kremlin from wrong, his, as we said on. Or when he came up with the deal about him going, I guess later on Saturday afternoon, as we talked, um, he's um, when they gave him full amnesty to go. Now he's retrading it that traitors are going to be prosecuted. Uh, also, we know that the CCP is quite upset about how Putin's handled this. He certainly looks weaker, right? Because he looks like he's less in control. Are you still? Are you saying that it's not some elaborate ruse to shift? the Wagner fighters who have been kind of the centerpiece of this defense of the Donbass and particularly Bakhmut to, in a very circuitous uh, path, draw them off the front line, back to Rostov, up to Moscow, then back around to Belarus, and then to eventually reposition them 40 miles from Kiev, a dagger right at the heart of Zelensky to know that he's not, uh, that he's got these mercenaries, criminals, uh, right at his doorstep, so he doesn't have free reign. As we know, the 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 spring offensive is grinding down because they're already starting to leak stories that this is all the fault fault of NATO because mm -hmm. there wasn't enough ammo, there's not enough air cover, all of that. Are you saying that? You're saying this is part of obviously they weren't paid, and you know every general's becoming a warlord, but that this kind of worked out because uh, Lukashenko. Lukashenko uh, was able to cut some deal and get him over there, and now he's got a, his own mercenary force and becomes, with the nuclear weapons and this, he's now a major player, if not the major player, in the solution to this problem that's going on in the Ukraine, sir. Steve, that's a great question, um, and it provokes me to to point out a certain fact here. The three, may, if if this is an elaborate ruse to smokescreen, um, a feint 
in order to to uh, to basically say to the world and the Ukrainians, look over here, what's really over there? They're 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 doing something totally different. If if it's a distraction, um, then look at the three players we're talking here. We're, we're talking Alexander Lukashenko. Um, we're talking Yevgeny Prigozhin, and we're talking Sergei Shoigo. Shoigo, who are to all, from, from what one can understand, these are the three people who, now, Putin's not the kind of guy who has friends, but if he, these are the three people who are, are closer to him than, than, than perhaps uh, if he had a brother, brothers. These, these people, Prigozhin doesn't call him your excellency, he doesn't call him Mr. President, he calls him Papa, right? That's the term of affection that he has to him. Shoigu, they, they go hunting together. They have them for decades. They're, they're, they're very emotionally close. And Lukashenko is probably the only world leader that, that, that Putin can really rely on. Um, they're, they're not equals, obviously. Um, but but uh, Putin is, is without doubt the dominant part. But they are, um, they, they are, there is a, a personal relationship of trust here. For this elaborate um, hoax... To work, Putin has the three key players are the people that he would must he must trust most in the world to be able to pull this off. Firstly, because an army of twenty five thousand mercenaries towards a relatively under defended Moscow, you need to trust the guy who's leading that. So that, you know, in order in, in Soviet days, that would have been unthinkable because no uh, Secretary General of the Soviet Union could have taken the risk. That, that 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 whoever was leading that wouldn't go all the way. The same thing is true for the the Minister of Defence. You need to know one hundred percent that the Russian army isn't going to join its throw its lot in um, and join that rebellion. Is, and you'll also need to trust is the, Lukashenko in this. Yeah, please go ahead. The the obvious fact, the ob- as I said, I'm sorry. The obvious fact that no generals or admirals came to Putin's defence. Is there a fear in Europe now that this is going to devolve into warlordism? That every general is going to figure out, hey, I got to have my own deal, my own profit. But we already know it's like that anyway, because the Russian military is not nearly as effective as anybody thought it was, or feared it was, or coming across the north, the uh, you know the was it the Fallujah Gap up there in the North German Plain to conquer, you know, Poland, the Low Countries, and Germany, the Low Countries, and uh, and uh, uh, France. So it's not the effective combat unit because they've been stealing the equipment, stealing the money for for decades. Is, is Europe still concerned that this is going to devolve into warlordism, Lukashenko just being another warlord who now has nuclear can weapons? I, can I push back against that presumption that Russia's sh- sure, shown itself sure, and sure. demonstrated itself to have, have been massively overestimated? I push back against that. What Putin has actually done is held off um, basically the rest of the world, the, the armed world, the, the, the U.S. military industrial complex, and all of its tentacles, he's held them off for, for, for a year and a half while still pushing and making gains into Ukraine. This is now existential in terms of credibility. This is now existential really for the Biden regime 100%, but also for a number of the European leaders that have thrown their, thrown, thrown their lot in uh, with, with that counteraction. Um, and Putin you know, has slowed down this counteroffensive um, to, to basically nothing. I, I would push back against yep. the assumption that, that, that they have underdeveloped, that they, they, they have proven themselves to be weaker. I actually think, given um, the, the, the forces that they're fighting against, they've actually done rather well. Um, 
I would say it's a little too soon to say. Oh no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not arguing that. I think they've done very well. I think they've done very well in stopping the offensive and all the Western arms. I'm saying now, since you didn't see a lot of generals coming to his decision, isn't everyone thinking I need a deal like that? That that you're going to splinter down to different power centers. Where I'm not saying Putin's going to be overthrown, but you're going to go back into warlordism, where each one of these guys, the big army groups, going to have like his own deal, and he's going to figure it out for himself. And if Rostov on the Don is, you know, the Southern Command's area, maybe that really becomes the Southern Command's area. And I'm just, hey, we'll do what we got to do, and we'll do what we got to do when we got to do it, sir. Um, I don't know, Steve. I don't know whether that's a, a possibility. I don't think so, because I actually think Putin's going to come out of this strengthened rather than weakened. Um, but of course, of course, if I'm wrong, um, if I'm wrong, uh, and this wasn't this wasn't a, a, an organised um, theatre wasn't organised theatre between the, the three main players and Prigozhin is basically just crypto insane. Um, then who knows what will happen to, to Russia? People feared this was going to happen to, to Russia after the fall of the um, Soviet Union, and Yeltsin wasn't particularly good at holding hold, hold, holding things together. It's pretty bad that uh, you had a lot of the, the, the push towards the economy into the hands of, of the oligarchs that we see now. The nuclear missiles went north, uh, east, south, and west, and yeah. in, in, in largely disappeared. Uh, but Putin came in 20 years ago and ha- has held the country together. Now, if Putin were to disappear, then perhaps some of those centrifugal forces that you're suggesting might at last kick into play. Um, we're going yeah. to have to watch and see as spectators we'll see. on this one. Great, great analysis. Uh, we're spending a lot of time on this. Hopefully have you back on tomorrow. We've got posts over. We're going to have a lot of people. Todd Wood, all of it. Uh, uh, where do they go to get your uh, – you're up late. Where do they go to get your social media? Thanks, Steve. It's on Getter. Simply my surname, which is Harnwell. That's the profile, at Harnwell on Getter. And also um, in uh, periodically uh, written newspapers, uh, news articles, excuse me, for, for publishing on uh, warroom.org. Um, and if you want to get uh, if you want to get hold of those, you need to register via the website for those because they're not on my Getter feed. They're not Special, anywhere. They're, they're exclusively... Exclusive content warroom.org. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, sir. Um, Thank you, Steve. Brian Costello. Thank you, brother. Fantastic. Uh, Brian Costello. It's got to warm your heart to see the Wall Street Journal today basically validate. And this is a well-researched, well-reported story. If if Memphis can just put the headline up, a blockbuster story today in the Wall Street Journal. Walk us through it. We got about four minutes on this side. I'm going to keep you for the entire second half of the show but just give us an appetizer here of what this what this is and how it reaffirms what you've been telling our audience over the last couple of months yes yeah, steve it's actually cato keefe from the journal it's actually some uh pretty good reporting besides uh besides your outlet and a couple others on the sequoia china stuff so what it basically lays out is how the national security council and kurt campbell had been working with sequoia to unwind its china operation and we can get into it the second half, but based on what we laid out on your show yesterday, this is very concerning, right? Sequoia is a big establishment political donor and where other people tend to get prosecuted and, and, and approached when they're doing things illegal. I guess if you give enough political donations, you get to work with the Security Council to unwind what you're doing. So 
Um, no, no, no. But but hold it. But that's but hang on. That's the heart. The heart of the story is how the Biden regime, because Kurt Campbell's got his, you know, he's the head of the the Asia Pacific desk. But he's as Natalie Winters has reported, this guy's up to his neck uh, in taking uh, money from the CCP, giving speeches, etc. They were so nervous about what you were taking to people that they basically went to these guys and said, correct me if I'm wrong, is what this story says is that you've got to break this thing up and this has got to stop so being so easily traceable because Corey is taking the cash and funneling it back to the Democratic Party, Republican Party too. But that's what caused Colonel Derek Harvey to initiate the investigation of the House Intelligence Committee. It got too hot. This was a protection racket for the guys that sold our country out to the CCP. That's the heart of the story, is it not, sir? Yeah, it's, it was hide crime, hide crime, hide crime. Wait a second, this guy knows we're hiding crimes, and he's still raising $9 billion from U.S. investors, which is going to result in $2 trillion in companies in China aligned with the Chinese industrial plan. Uh, w- one thing not referenced in the article, so if you see that, um, Kirk Campbell, who's on the National Security Council, is dealing with a guy at Sequoia Capital named Don Vieira. Well, Don Vieira used to be Lisa Monaco's chief of staff in the National Security Division at the Department of Justice in 2011. So the entanglement, uh, the head of public policy, Michael Ortiz at Sequoia Capital, was on the Biden-Harris Intelligence Community Presidential Transition Team. So we have, you know, two apparatus people put in Sequoia Capital for exactly this reason, to buy off Washington and make sure their employment of a member of the (laughs) Chinese government is not confronted. You're burying the lead again, brother, because as you've reported and shown here on this story, on this show, with your, you went to the FBI with seven different verticals of criminal activity. Big report was done. That report hit with the thud on the desk of, wait for it, Lisa Monaco, right? As we go to break, that's essentially yeah, correct, and let's, sir? And, yeah, that's, and, yeah, and let's remember that Kirk Campbell works for Jake Sullivan, Jake Sullivan's wife works with Garland and Monaco. So the entanglement here of the, it, it, it's all the, the cover-up of the Biden stuff, the cover-up of the Sequoia stuff, and the indictment of Trump are all the same people. All inextricably linked. Okay, we're going to take a short break. Brian Costello, who is a private investor, brought this forward because he saw what was going on. And of course, they've tried to bury it. They ain't burying it anymore. That story in the Wall Street Journal is also to give them air cover. We're going to see if there's going to be additional reporting of this because it's a blockbuster story. But there's a lot of shrapnel that's going to spread off this. Brian Costello would join us on the other side on Sequoia Capital, the Chinese Communist Party, high treason, selling out your nation for cash money. Next in the war room. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the U.S. dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. Here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS, 
Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa band together against the dollar. More and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying. Gold. Follow their lead. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold can help protect your savings, too. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. Do it today. Follow the central banks of the BRICS. Take action, 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 and take that action today. Okay, imagine you're at your doctor's office. Your doctor glances up from the chart and says, and I quote, Hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up. End quote. Now, that's the Field of Greens Better Health Promise. Check out this customer testimonial. He said, and I want to quote here, I've been taking Field of Greens, and this is the second time my doctor has danced into the room praising my blood results. Credit where credit's due. Thanks, Field of Greens. End quote. Now, each fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected for a specific health benefit. Some support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. If you're busy, if you don't get enough exercise, if you eat too much fast food, take Field of Greens. Look, Field of Greens can't promise your doctor will dance into your room, but they can promise at your next checkup, your doctor will notice you improve health or you get your money back. Let me repeat that. You get your money back. I trust Field of Greens for my health, and you can too. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Take action today. Use your agency, fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon, and get the better health promise. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. 
Okay, welcome back. Brian Costello, who has come on this show and broken this, quite frankly, massive story. Because you're seeing two vectors. You've got the Biden crime family taking money from CEFC, the capital markets allocator for One Bell, One Wrote, at the highest level, CCP. And this is all the the text messages and the emails. And now whistleblowers coming out with uh, the tax issues and all of that. But, But they exist in a culture of which selling the American people out to the Chinese Communist Party is the coin of the realm. It's the coin of the realm. And you've got it happening in every aspect, and particularly Sequoia Capital, which is the Goldman Sachs of venture capital. And when they announced a couple of weeks ago, they're breaking into like five, two big pieces, China here, the U.S. here, but other pieces. It, it, it caught uh, Silicon Valley, you know, unawares, and quite frankly, it was breathtaking that here this massive operation would break itself up. So there's a reason they're doing this. They got caught, okay? And they got caught by people like Brian Costello and Derek Harvey. Derek Harvey has told that Mike Turner, and right now we got to find out why Mike Turner is not pursuing the investigation. Is it because they gave money to Kevin McCarthy? Is that the reason? Mike Turner, the incompetent, ill-prepared former mayor of Dayton, Ohio, uh, who is head of the House Intelligence Committee, killed this, spiked this investigation. Brian Costello took in seven different the dossiers on seven different verticals of criminal activity regarding securities or the raising of capital or the providing of capital to companies. Seven different verticals. And seasoned FBI field officers, field agents were dealing with this and knew there was something here. That died. So the the legal entity or the legal aspect or civil aspect of civil crimes or actually civil issues, but also crimes spiked by the FBI and uh, or DOJ, main DOJ and the House Intelligence Community uh, spiked, uh, killed the killed the, uh, you know, Democrats one way, Republicans the other. Now. Is this just the Times of London picked up part of the story a couple weeks ago about Sequoia had been financing with American pension fund money, the most advanced artificial intelligence apparatus of defense technology. The strategic, I think, Policy Institute in Australia just came out with a report the other day that Voice of America summarized a set of the 32 or 33 leading military technologies. Uh, I think that the Americans are behind the Chinese in 28. Oh, by the way, and that's all because their venture capital and private equity have been funding or they've been allowing to be stolen uh, this technology. And now today, the Wall Street Journal has a blockbuster story. And that blockbuster story is how Kurt Campbell and other members of the National Security Council and Biden's inner circle went to Sequoia and said, hey, guess what, dude? This thing is so in your face. It's so outrageous what you're doing. We're not going to be able to cover up for anymore. So you got to go ahead. And then they had Neil Shannon. Everybody put their heads again, try to break them, try to cover it. And they wanted to go to bed after the story. That is not going to happen. Brian Costello's on this. Derek Harvey's on this. Natalie Winters is on this. The War Room is on this. We are going to be relentless because people sold out this nation for money. Okay. And Neil Shen is an operative and an, essentially an officer of the Chinese Communist Party, works for the Politburo. So, Brian, we got a couple of clips here, and I want you to tee them up, and then we'll play them. What are, what are we about to see here? Because they're both in Chinese. 
Well, first, 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 I want to read what the journal wrote. Right? Just let's let's look at this. Shen stardom in China, playing off what you said, Steve, and relationship with the Chinese government started to raise eyebrows in Washington. He often met Communist Party officials and joined a top government advisory committee. So this is translation. America's preeminent investment firm is employing a member of the Chinese government. It had nothing to do with his stardom, right? And this gives you a huge competitive advantage. I want to read a second thing. He told ByteDance it could deflect. So by the way, Shen's the only Chinese member of uh, a Chinese national member of the board of directors of ByteDance. And he also works for the Chinese government. So he told ByteDance it could deflect U.S. regulatory uh, heat by offering uh, security guarantees, hiring more white Americans to run TikTok US and saying it aspires to be a global company. So what's missing from that is what their Sequoia was also doing was writing checks into Washington to keep TikTok from being confronted. Um, so there's, there's one clip here, I think it's the YouTube clip that was referenced in the article. So I don't know if we want to cue that up, Steve. Well, t- well t- tee this up for in the article. How's this? How's this? YouTube so this clip, reference the, uh, art, the, the what they say about, it, and then I then I want to show it. Yeah, and and just so you know, the DOJ and everybody had possession of this prior to Campbell meeting with Sequoia, and I think that's important. So this is Shen, and this is good reporting by uh, Ms. O'Keefe. I, evidently, this is in 2016, a state TV interview with a uh, uh, financial outfit in China where Shen talks about the value of him being able to access information on Sequoia's portfolio companies. So can we queue it up? Yeah, let's go ahead and play. But I think it's, let's go and play that. And then uh, Brian Costello for our, for our podcast and radio audience will explain. Uh, 判断是基于自己的一些独特的分析是有逻辑的是有数据支持的这个我感觉是一个投资基金必须要有的具体到每个项目上确实你需要去判断一个企业家判断企业里面财务但更重要的是一个基金必须有自己的所谓 但这个后面就是其实一个重要的一个知识库，这个知识库我们必须建立起来，而且知识库的知识库也用一个非常重要的手段来做IT。每个人手上有不同的啊这个过去的经验积累，那么怎么能够管理好你的知识库？首先这个
his entire team in China, so all 200 people that work for Sequoia Capital uh, uh, in China, which includes him who works for the Chinese government. It's also been reported from 2017 to 2021. Uh, Politburo member number four's daughter was there. Wang Yang's daughter was working for Sequoia. They all have access to a database, proprietary information. So just people, so just so people know, Sequoia's funded companies like Nvidia, Twenty Three and Me, Airbnb, like all these companies that they've actually funded. So him and his team are able to access a database. They refer to it as SMS, which we believe stands for Sequoia's Management System, uh, and take that information and use it to help build companies in China. Well, this directly contradicts the statement Sequoia made for a while that Shen was a separate entity. Well, if he's a separate entity and part of the Chinese government, why are you giving him access to information on all your portfolio companies? And the other thing is, do the portfolio companies know their access, their, their information is being shipped over to China through somebody in the government for a couple, couple of the partners at Sequoia to make money? So this, this was pointed out as a, a big concern in, in Washington because it was directly contradicting what Sequoia was saying about their relationship with a member of the Chinese government. And uh, it took uh, Brian Costello to point that out. I want to just hit rewind for a second. I want it slowly because it's a lot to absorb. And that's in the journal. We got a hook here. Tell the audience once again what Neil Shen said to the nation of China because this is on CCTV. This is going out all over. Tell him, tell him what he said his real role and function was. Well, so you're talking about um – so in 2020, Shen got up. So there was a lot of pressure. So this would have been around the same time Campbell was starting to meet with Sequoia and the administration was starting to meet with Sequoia. So what did they do? What did the Chinese government do? They rolled out Neil Shen in March 2022 at their, uh, it's called the two sessions, their annual meeting. It's the Nationals People Congress and also the organization Shen belongs to called CPPCC. So think of it as kind of the Senate and the House. Uh, they roll him out to speak to the whole Chinese government, the entire Politburo and everybody in the Great People's Hall about the climate, right? So here it was all of a sudden Shen's actually becoming an agent to speak for climate change in China when all of a sudden the Biden administration. So I don't know if you want to roll the clip. You have him at the, at the Great People's Hall speaking to... Uh, no, no, no. But I want, no, I want to go back to this clip we just saw, not the future clip. Just go back and hit rewind and explain what he just said. Because it's going to be confusing to people. These names, people are just getting into the story and just starting to understand what who he, the what players he, what are. He what do you just what tell he, the audience? What he, just, what he just said is that as being part of Sequoia, the U.S. firm, he has access to over 40 years of information on their investments. And that's very valuable to him. So he even points out a specific example. And the specific example he pointed to was Zappos, which was a online shoe retailer that Sequoia invested in and sold to Amazon. Um, and, and, and ironically, Shen became the top investor in e-commerce, right? He invested in Pinduoduo and Meton and JD.com and a bunch of the e-commerce things. So he was learning from Sequoia. It wasn't just capital that they were providing him, right? They're providing him information and know-how from building some of America's best companies to replicate and build companies in China. What, um, 
and once again, uh, by the way, you said 2020 it wasn't 2020. This is 2020, 2022. This was far after the the, the Trump administration because Campbell's a player. Kurt Campbell works on the national security. He is he is central to the Biden's interface with the Chinese Communist Party. So I just I, want to I'm, go through the, again yeah. what the story said and read and read and read that clip again from the story because this is powerful. This is how nervous they were. And they were nervous because they understood that House Intel, when Harvey was there, was starting an investigation. And also a guy like Brian Costello was coming at it in a totally separate way, talking about the crimes, not, not civil crimes they had committed in regarding of the, the raising of, of money and where the money was going and how that was being raised and how investors were tracking it and what was happening to all of it. So yeah, they knew they had a problem. What did Kirk Campbell do? I mean, there's simple questions in this, Steve, right? When they went to raise the, when Shen went to raise the $9 billion, did he, did he disclose to the investors that he's part of the Chinese government? Did pension funds invest in him knowing that he was a member of the Chinese government running the firm? Um, so in terms of Campbell, here's the question, right? Uh, Lisa Monaco and company at the DOJ, when Campbell met with Sequoia Capital, were in possession of substantial criminal allegations I was interviewed, so I believe an investigation was open. There were multiple people within uh, multiple meetings with the FBI agents who helped me introduce the claims. So did Campbell know this? And if Campbell went and met with someone, he knew the DOJ was in possession of crimes and walked back the crimes. It's obstruction of justice. There's underlying crimes there. Uh, so the question was, you know, Kirk Campbell aware of the claims that Lisa Monaco's division at the DOJ and the FBI had quashed, had shut down. Right. So this is this is I just, substantial. Yeah, I, I, I want. Yeah, I want I want to make sure that people it's just like in the Biden situation. I want to bifurcate this. There's two issues. Number one is the crimes themselves. And remember that the, the tragic part of this is the crimes themselves take place with your money. It is your money that's leading to the destruction of your country. I want everybody in the audience to understand that your pension funds are being used to fund agents and operatives of the Chinese Communist Party. They're giving the money to the PLA and companies in China, totally controlled by the CCP. Right. And, and to, to be, to have a, not just a unrestricted warfare advantage in cyber warfare and information warfare and other types of unrestricted warfare, economic warfare. But in addition to have the possibility of kinetic warfare, because they, they can send a carrier battle group of the seventh fleet to the bottom of the Straits of Taiwan. That is what is going on, and let's call it what it is. That is treason, number one. Number two, because money's coming back and people are making profits. Uh, Costello said at the beginning, you know, the $8 billion leads to $2 trillion of value and ultimate value in these companies. People are also making a ton of money. So some of that money, they keep them for themselves. But some of that money, they're channeling back in, and Costello can walk you through the channel back into the Democratic Party. Mike Moritz. The head guy over there who ought to be in prison, right, is one of the money allocators into the Democratic Party. They're, they're up to their neck in the Democratic Party. So the cover up, and that's why Kirk, Kirk Campbell's nervous for one reason. It's not about the security of the United States of America. It's about the Democratic operatives and, and money tied to Biden and money tied to the entire apparatus that stole the election and got Biden in there, got their hands, and they're getting caught, given up. Uh, cash to the Chinese Communist Party and technology and information off that technology report so companies to defeat you. 
That's what they're nervous about. Now, you got two uh, pilgrims here. You got Harvey over at House Intel, and you got Brian Costello, who's an investor just trying to do the right thing. These guys start kicking up some dust, and the next thing you know, they're spreading around. They said, well, hang on for a second. Whoa, we got the Democrats. You got Kirk Campbell. We, we got we to gotta tamp this down because all of a sudden you get some Republicans out there. Next thing you know, you come into a Trump guy like Harvey, we could have a problem. So what do they do? They spread some cash around. As this cartel works in this imperial city, they spread some cash around to the Republicans. Not as much cash, but the Republicans can get pimped out cheaply. And what they did is they got some cash to Kevin McCarthy and others. And next thing you know, Mike Turner, who is an absolute tool, and people in his district should have him primaried and thrown out of Congress because he's a disgrace on every aspect. He goes on Andrea Mitchell, goes on the shows. He gets that knitted brown, gets all puffed up. You're an idiot. You don't know anything. You're a moron. And, and you get him up there and he shuts down the investigation. So it's not just the crimes of treason of allowing our enemies to get to a technology and we're paying for it. It's also the fact that all the people in the apparatus knew about it. And they went out of their way to shut it down, out of the way to kill the dossiers that Brian Costello came up with, and out of the way to tell Derek Harvey, no, shut down. And actually perp walked uh, Derek, Derek Harvey out of the House Intel because of this, because of this. And now the Wall Street Journal's given the hook that, do you understand how hot this had to be for the Wall Street Journal to do this story? Brian Costello, your thoughts about the journal story and where do we go from here? We've got about three minutes. Yeah, for, I mean, first off, Steve, I'd just like to comment on Derek. I went to a number of congressional offices and, and names. I won't name names right now, but people that people know. Colonel Harvey and Devin Nunes and their team were the only one that took this seriously and honestly. They said, give us the dirt. If it's Republican dirt, we want it. If it's Democratic dirt. So they honestly wanted to protect the country. Uh, it, it, and it was the only office that I went. It wasn't about political and maintaining your job. Listen, I think the Wall Street Journal, you know, a bunch of people did really lazy reporting on the breakup of Sequoia. They just said, oh, you know, Sequoia is being altruistic and breaking up because the tensions are high with China. So Kate had O'Keefe from the Journal had some good next level reporting here. There was some stuff I learned about the Campbell meetings. There were gaps in terms of what I saw and what my experience was with the FBI and the DOJ. It's not the whole story. The whole story is. The DOJ, the FBI, the White House are covering up crimes for a political donor who sold the country out to China. And the Republicans right now, across multiple committees, the Intelligence Committee, the China Committee, the Judiciary Committee, and the House Oversight Committee are ignoring it because McCarthy's in their pocket now, too. And I find it very ironic that McCarthy decides to come out today, you know, uh, questioning Trump the day that Sequoia and the huge cover-ups in the, in, the, in the Wall Street Journal. So, you know, the Republican has the Republicans have a choice. Are they going to come out and call this out? Are they going to go after this? They can subpoena Sequoia directly, who doesn't have the protections that the Department of Justice has. And they can find out what the communications were to who, what they knew when. And that's why Harvey and Nunes were a risk because they were going to be willing to do that once they took power. So Turner had to kill that because he has to keep the money flowing into McCarthy that then flows down to him. Um, we got about a minute. How do people follow you? This story is developing. It's getting bigger. It's metastasizing. How do people follow you? 
B Costello, B B B B P Costello uh, on Twitter. Pretty pretty keep it keep it pretty simple. Steve, I there, hope there, you one, have. Uh, I hope. You, yep. Go ahead. I'm gonna laugh. I, the, the, there's a lot of former FBI guys tracking this, and they said I cleaned myself up a little yesterday because they said uh, they said like I looked like I had just chopped chopped a chopped a cord of wood in the Unabomber like cabin. So I decided <laughs> to clean myself up a little bit today. I, I didn't want to say anything, but, uh, and by the way, for all those people inside the FBI and DOJ that are doing your job, hat tip, we know it's tough, but that's yeah. what we're looking and, for more whistleblowers. And, and, okay, and, 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 and there's some good alumni that's helped on this too, Steve, and, and want to see the right thing done. They're, they're good. There's many, many, many good people. Uh, Costello, make sure you got good security. I was starting to worry about you. you. Of course, you look more like a, that looked more like a war room look. Okay, we'll be back here at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Going to be on fire. That I promise you. See you then. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700 thousand americans every year yes heart disease is the number one killer every year year in and year out heart disease builds over time hypertension high blood pressure bad cholesterol diabetes all of it affects our heart a healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older it is never too early to take care of your heart you see heart disease sneaks up on us you can start in your 30s and when this happens you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60 if you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.